Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. All right, if you have your Bibles today, I want to talk to you about visiting hours. Anybody know anything about some visiting hours, right? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. We're going to go through verse 8. And it says this, are you expecting today? Come on, are you expecting today? Don't don't lay down on me. I want you to get up, rise up. Come on, it's time to rise. You know, I don't want to prime the pump every service. I think you should be ready and flowing. There should be an excitement about you. You know, when we get to a holy hush, let's go there. But it isn't a holy hush now. Right now should be a shout of praise. Amen? And then we need to be excited about some things. And so Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we'll go to verse 8. But look at verse 1. It says, there is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. There's a time. I said, 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 there's a time. Now, honestly, we don't have a problem with time. In every other part of our lives. We don't have a problem with time. In every other areas of our lives. When it comes to personal vacation. We are waiting for the time. The appointed time. Oh, don't you know I'm going on vacation and such and such. You talk about it. You tell your, your, your friends at work. You tell your coworkers. You tell your buddies. You know, you tell your family. Woo, guess what? In three more weeks, in two more weeks, tomorrow, we're going on vacation. You're ready for the time. Amen. And then you get in that time and you're excited and you don't want that time to end. <laughs> right? But that time gets interrupted by another time called going back to work time. Amen. Got to go back to work. And guess what? That time will wake you up every day, even when you don't want it, which is many days for many of you, right? I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to have to get up. But the time, I said, there's an appointed time that you're like, I'm getting up. I'm getting out of bed. I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I need to do. Oh, it's lunchtime. Oh, some of you live for lunchtime. Come on, how many of you live for lunchtime? I mean, it's like my whole life is like breakfast time, lunchtime, dinner time, snack times. <laughs> I'm always prepared for that time. I'll finish a meal and I'll go over to my wife and say, what are we having for lunch? We just ate. Yeah, but I'm preparing for the time. Because there's a time that will come when my stomach says, it's time. It's time. Now, sometimes I have to put that time down because I'm in fasting. Because now it's time to fast. Right? But all, we're always organizing around time. But what about church time? What about time for God? Come on, what about time with him? Because if we saw the value of time with him like we saw the value of our banking account or our vacation time or our beach time, Our mountain time. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying? Our gym time. Our hunting time, fishing time. Ball game time. Motorcycle riding time. Whatever time it is, we have no problem with time. 
except sometimes when it comes to church time. Like that time doesn't have the same weight. But then there are conference times. Something else. He said, there's an appointed time for everything. There is a time for every event under heaven. Now, I want to read verse 2 because um, uh, let, me read it in, let me read it in today's um, cult, world culture that has affected the church. This is what it would sound like. There's an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under the sun, a time to give birth, a time to plant, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh. A time to dance, a time to gather stones. Go on to the next verse. A time to embrace, a time to search, a time to keep, a time to sew together, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time for peace. That's what time it is. Because that's all you're going to hear. Because God forbid we talk about the other time. Yet there's a time for it. Let's go back to verse 1 then, and let's read it for what it is. So there's an appointed time for everything. There's a time for every event under the sun, a time to give birth and a time to die. Now, when we read that, we are thinking about ultimately you leaving your body, right, and you'll go on and be with the Lord. And yes, that's true. But let's get it on a spiritual level. You know, there's a time to birth some things into you spiritually, and there's some things to to die in you spiritually. There's a time to have a message that we need to have some things die off. Not be a part of you anymore. Not be allowed to live in you anymore. Not be allowed to communicate with you anymore. But if all we do is trying to give birth, we're not making room because you can't crowd it because if you're keeping these other things... See, there's a time to plant the seed of the word, but there's some time to uproot some things that were planted long before you came up in here. There's some things we got to uproot out of you, like the root of bitterness. We need to uproot that thing. We need to get rid of that. We need to pull that offense up out of you. There's a time to preach in such a way that it gets that out of you once and for all. That's not negative preaching. That's growing preaching. See, there's a time that the Lord says, hey, I want to plant this in you. But there's another time the Lord said, I want to rip that up out of you. There's a time. See, there's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's some things you just need to crucify once and for all. You need to kill that a part of your life. Don't even let it live. There's some relationships you need to kill. You need to cut off. You need to get rid of. You need to get out of. You need to not be around anymore. You hear what I'm saying? There's some time. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down. There's some things we just need to tear down, some strongholds that are going on in the body of Christ. We need to tear down a few things. Right? But then there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep. Yeah, there's a time to not be happy. There's a time to feel grief. And it's okay. That the Spirit of the Lord will move upon you. You begin to weep for the lost, weep for the hurting, weep for those that are disconnected, weep for those that are, aren't applying the word and you know they could. But then there's a time to laugh. Says then there's a time to mourn and a time to what? Dance. A time to throw. Woo! 
There's times to what? Throw stones. Uh-oh. We don't want to hear that. Don't judge me. It's time for me to throw some stones about your fruit that's not godly. And then there's a time to gather. Come on. Then verse 6 says there's a time to what? Embrace and a time to what? Don't hug me. I don't embrace your doctrine. I don't embrace your lifestyle. I don't embrace your willfully sinning and rebelling against God. See, there's a time. I said there's a time. Well, I can't believe pastor won't embrace them. There's a time to shun embracing so that repentance could show up. You know why the world gets so confused? It's because we have treated the love of God like it's accepting of anything wrong. It's like so powerful that it just lets go. It acts like the wrong ain't even there. The world's smarter than that. It's like, but that ain't even right. Well, God don't care. God does care. You know how much he cared? It required the blood of his son to deal with it. He didn't say it's all right. He said, I got to pay for this mess. I actually have to make payment on that. I have to make payment for that mess. I have to do something about it. I can't let it go. So there's a time to embrace, a time to shun embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up as what? But now, pastor, you know what the word says? <laughs> that he'll leave the 99 and go after the one. Well, I wish people were just sheep and not humans. You're like sheep, but you're humans. And humans can willfully still keep wandering. And there comes a time that even the Lord will let you be lost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I pass, you need to go after them. I've gone after them. We've gone after them. Everybody's going after them. They want to go. Because there's a time. I said there's a time to give up as loss. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. And every time we come together with the Lord, these are things that he's talking to us about. And how about this one? There's a time to be silent. Just because something's happening in the world doesn't mean you have to speak. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. So you better make sure your words come from heaven. And not from your emotions, not from your feelings, not from sight-driven things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's not moved by anything he sees because he's already answered everything. He's made an answer for everything. He's provided for everything. He's overcome everything. There's not anything going on the earth that the power of God, rightly divided and walking in the light of his truth, does not conquer. Hallelujah. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Look at verse 8. Whew, this is, a, this is tough. This is a tough one. A time to love 
and a time to. Now, pastor, we're in a church. We can't hate anything. Man, if you'd hate sin like God hates sin, we'd be a whole lot better. You know, we're like, give us your eyes, Jesus. Let us see people like you. Well, if we want to see people like Jesus sees people, he have to, you'd be like, I hate what you're doing right now. I hate the sin you're in. I hate the way the sin's dominating you. I hate the way the sin has overcome you. I hate the choices you're making constantly. God's provided for you to come out of that deal. I just hate the fact that you're stuck in that deal. Would you just take Jesus to yourself? I, I hate to even have the thought that I would fall, rebel, do that in the flesh. I would go that way. How in the world would I sin against my God? Amen. Do you know you can love and hate simultaneously? Because we've already shown on the B side another message we preached a long time ago that love, and that's God, hates. And then there's a time for what? Sometimes there's a time to fight. Time to go to war over some things. Make no mistake about it. Sometimes it's like we're throwing the gloves off. It's on. And then there's a time for peace. Most of the time, they want to keep us in the peace category. In fact, God even wants us to remain at peace as long as we can with people. But sometimes, people don't want peace. And sometimes you have to go to war. Now, you know, we're in a new and better covenant, so we don't go to a physical war in the context, you know, where we conquer people. <laughs> we don't do that, all right? But we can go to war in our faith. We can fight the good fight of faith. We can go to war in our prayer life. You know, we can begin to intercede for the saints and on behalf of the world. We can go to war. But let me tell you, when it's time for, when it's time for peace, you can rest. But when it's time for war, there's no rest. You're on all the time and you get rest whenever you can because you got to get up and go. You know, I feel like the church wants to just be at rest only. Now, I'm not saying you can't live rest because I'm not here to contradict our women's meeting. You can be restful because when you're in the word of God, you're already entering into rest. When you're in his purpose, you're at a rest already. But that doesn't mean you're not fighting while you're resting because you're confident his word works. But when you realize the moment you're in, you're like, I don't have the liberty to do. My wife knows because you understand we had children young. All right. By the time I was 24, all three of my kids were here and I shut down the factory. So I'm like, we are following God. We're going to do his will. We raised our children. You understand? Because I already had in my mind, I'll be 42 when my youngest is 18. And man, I can run. Now, I didn't figure grandkids. They showed up, but they don't live with me. So that's okay. Um, but I am young man, 51 years young. I said 51 years young. And I get better with age. And I'm here to do the work. And my wife knows that if somebody calls that I can go minister somewhere, it's going to be very difficult that I'm going to say, uh-uh. Because I know the assignment. And I know the culture and the climate we're in. That we've got to get out and do and go and move. She'll say, man, it seems like we got something going on here and here. Well, 
that we got to work while there's light because there's going to come a day that there's no light, darkness to show up, and we can't work. Man, I'm so glad we kept hitting the nations, kept hitting the nations, kept hitting the nations, kept hitting the nations. Then COVID hit and couldn't get to a nation. Still haven't been to a nation. I'm glad I was hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And if I looked at it naturally and just said, well, let's go when it's convenient financially, then I would have not went to half the nations I'd have went to. But because we just kept going, just kept striking, just kept showing up, just kept trying to get that gospel message. Why? Because there was a time for us to hit those nations, hit it because all of a sudden the world shut down. Now we're trying to figure out how do we get to these nations? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And God wants us present. God wants us there. But there's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. You know what? We know God's eternal, and we act like he doesn't know or care about time. But that's not true. Even infinite is still has time. Because infinite is a time. Eternal is still a time. And God is aware of time. He's aware of seasons. So we see here in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, this, this child shows up thousands of years after the fall in the garden. When the Lord came and said, Adam, where are you? He said, well, you know, we heard you come in the garden. We were naked, so we hid ourselves, right? We were afraid. He said, who said you were naked? Did you eat the fruit that I told you not to eat? He said, well, it's that woman you gave me. He said, Eve, what happened? Well, the serpent deceived me. And he goes to the serpent and he says, I'm going to bring my seed through the woman. Right? Which he's saying, a virgin is going to give birth to you. We don't have the name, but it'd be very difficult not to believe that Adam and Eve did not have a daughter. But go to the first female mentioned in the Bible. By all rights, she was a virgin. Why didn't God put his seed in her? Because when that event took place, God says there's going to come another time for another event. And everything that leads up to Jesus, all those dispensations was pointing to a time. He's coming. The king's 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 coming. They just didn't realize the king was going to come as a suffering servant first. Not that he still wasn't king. Not that he still didn't operate in authority. Not that he still didn't have power. Not that he still didn't have dominion. But he laid down his life because there's going to be a second time. I said another time. Another time where there's going to be a blowing of a trumpet. And all of a sudden, we're going to be caught up together with him in the air. But then there's another time that he's going to show up, put his foot down on the mountain. And he's going to show back up in the planet. And there's a specific time for these events to take place. So at a fullness of time, God sent his son. His name's Jesus. And when he sent his son, he didn't send his son for you alone. Now, I know it preaches good, but it's not true. That was never God's intent to just get one person. Well, you know, if just one. Now, in theory, if every free will would have rebelled against him and only one would have said yes, 
you may conclude that. But his name's probably Enoch, <laughs> and he walked with the Lord, and then just kept on going. <laughs> My point is, is that he was always looking for people. Now, this is what we need to see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 16. The latter part says this, for we are the temple of the living God. Many of us, you know, just want to focus on our personal relationship with Jesus. But the minute you do that solely, you limit yourself from all that God wants and you hinder visiting hours. You hinder and limit visiting hours. See, for we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them. He always prophesied that he would be among more than one individual. He's coming back for a nation. I said he's coming back for a nation. Not just you. You connected to somebody. Okay. He said, I'll dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be what? Now, you know who your people are. We've already preached this. Your people are those who do the will of the Father. That is the only criteria to determine who your people are. Anytime you try to define your people through sight, you're off. If your criteria is what you see alone, then you are being misled. If you respond because of sight, you're not living the word. Period. We are not led by sight. We are led by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So we're led by the word of God and doing it. And Jesus said, who is my mother, my brother, my sister? It's those who do the will of my father. And who's he coming back for? His people. And who's his people? Who do his will. I said, who do his will. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So when I look at you, I see my people. <laughs> All of you. Because you're doing the will of God. If you're not doing the will of God, then we're struggling. All right? But he says, I will dwell uh, in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. It says this, but you are a chosen. I mean, since we're going racial, let's go ahead and determine you're the chosen one. Notice he didn't call you a black one, a white one, a yellow one, a red one. He called you a chosen one. Why? Because he knew the chosen one would include a black one, a white one. Because you understand this. When we get in our glorified bodies, we ain't going to all be the same color. Jesus didn't change colors when he came back glorified. Because God's too creative. Way too creative. And when we get and we are standing before the Lord in heaven and come back with him in the earth, we all going to look different, but we all going to be the same one who willfully obey the word of our king and are loyal to our king and love our king and have a relationship with our king and are responsible with our king. That's who we are. So you are a chosen race, right? When somebody looks at you and say, what race are you? You need to say, I'm a chosen one. I'm a chosen one. Well, who told you you were chosen? The Lord did. I mean, I don't want a man telling me what kind of race I am. I 
want God to tell me what kind of race I am. I'm a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his what? Aren't you glad he called you out? Well, let's go on. It says, for once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against your soul. Look at this verse 12. Keep evildoers. Uh, um, is that right? Is that what that says? Let me go back and look at that. Keep your behavior. We missed something. Uh, verse 1 says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which uh, they slander you as evildoers, they may, uh, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorifying God in the day of visitation. We're talking about visiting hours. See, God understands what time it is. God has ordained a time for people locally in St. Augustine to come together. He said Sunday, 10.30, 9.30 for prayer. I want my people to come together. I want my people to come together at 10.30. I want my people to come together at 7.30 on uh, uh, Wednesday night. I want some men to come together on Monday night at 7.30. I want some people who are hungry and thirsting for me to get into Kingdom Institute and to assemble on Sunday nights. Then throughout the year, he'll say stuff like this. He'll say, I want my people to assemble the women because I've made them a certain way and I've gifted them a certain way and there's things within them that I can speak just to them and I can release out of them things that will minister to their life. Then let's meet with the men at other times, again, just to deploy things in them. Then he'll say, let's have a time of separation. And let's bring in some other voices within my body that can edify and strengthen because I want to visit. You see, when you go out and about, you are visiting people on behalf of God. And even though they don't love you, even though they don't want nothing to do with you in one sense, even though they will, will talk bad about you, stab you in the back, they are outside our kingdom. At the end of it, when they get around, they'll realize God was present to me and I missed my visiting hours. There was Jesus all the while through his child ministering to me, talking to me, encouraging me, showing me how to act, showing me how to live, showing me how to overcome, and I disregarded my visiting hours. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there's a time that we are to come together. In Matthew 18, 2, 20, it says this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. Well, I see more than two or three, so guess who has to be here? Now, he's here because we seek him, not because we've assembled without him. <laughs> this is not an unlawful assembly. We came because of the name of Jesus. We came because we were appointed. We came because we were delivered. We came because he pulled us out of something, and he wants to give us instruction. He wants to pull all the ambassadors into his embassy and give us a good report and speak to us about our lives and tell us how to handle the situations that are going on in the world around us. He wants to visit with us. We're having a visiting hour. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So you understand, you do not want to disregard your life as a visiting hour to someone else. I remember when I was uh, at Rama at Rama Bible Training College, and um, I uh, volunteered at the church. I was a greeter first, and I remember this particular couple came in from Tennessee, and so my wife and I did Rama's uh, um, goal or how they wanted the greeters to respond. We greeted them, welcomed them. There was their first time, so I took them around the building. Showed them where the children's ministry was so they could drop their children off. Showed them where the restrooms. Gave them a little tour of this huge facility. Brought them back to the sanctuary. And then the school year hit. That was during the summer. All of a sudden, I saw that guy. And he had enrolled at Rama. What I didn't know was that he was thinking about coming to school. But when I visited with him, he saw God. He saw the love of God, the life of God, the nature of God. And he knew at that moment, and he told me later on, he said, he said, I'm here at Ramah because of how you treated me when I came through the doors. See, he had a visiting hour. Had a visiting hour. See, I wouldn't know what I know today unless God, who said, I want to visit with you. Oh, the Lord said, I want to visit with you. I want to visit with you for three hours every morning. And in order to do that, you're going to have to go to school. Because I have some people that they're going to instruct you in some things. So my wife and I quit a great job, <laughs> left it all to go visit the Lord. Now, see, you say you may say, well, wait a minute now, Pastor Earl. Does everybody have to do that? You just, God's got visiting hours for you. There are times that he wants to impart in your life. And if we don't watch out, a lot of times we will miss our visiting time. Because we think another time is more important. You know how many parents don't show up on Wednesday night because they think, Sleeping time for their kids is more important than God's time with their kids. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that preached good. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying, too, because you're like, well, you don't live with them. I wish I did. Because don't talk to me. I've been a parent and grandparent. I know what's necessary. Because I know what the Word says. And the Word works for any parent. I said it works for any parent. Amen. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and smile at your neighbor anyway. All right. No, there's times we are deciding. Is it time to watch a movie tomorrow night or be here? Is it time for you to say that I'm tired and I can't show up when God wants to visit with me and everyone else at the church? No, I left it all and I set in. And all of a sudden, these men and women of God began to impart truths in my life that I'd never heard. And I was just in awe in a month, two months, three months, a year later, I'm still just in awe. I'm like, my gosh. Who is this 
God that he would call me and that he would take this time and he would pull me out from this environment and throw me in this environment where he talks to me and ministers to me and changes my life and pulls me up and causes me to rise. Glad I didn't miss my time. And I remember another time the Lord put a minister uh, in my heart uh, and they were at a particular conference up in South Carolina and I just had this in my spirit. It just came up. I, I, I want to hear what this guy has to say. And then the kingdom showed up. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you something. The devil was trying to take the time of visitation away. Oh, all kind of things happened in that particular conference that kind of cut against the grain of what I had been raised in and, or what I had been trained in. You know, there were little remarks made by other ministers and kind of slighted some things that I had learned, you know, because, you know, not everybody believes what we believe. So I had to endure a little bit of, you know, talk, a little bit of smack, so much so that some things were happening. I'm thinking, man, if this guy wasn't last, I'd be gone. I mean, I literally said that to my wife. I said, if... If I, if I had not heard from God to hear the speaker that we're here for, I'd have left. Thank God I didn't leave. And I didn't miss my time of visitation. See, why is it that we think the only time we are with God is when we're alone with him? Try this with your children. I want you to spend some time in the book and learn all by yourself. I'm not sending you to school anymore. <laughs> no, many of you are like, COVID made you think, thank God for a school system. Get them out of the house. Get them back into school. <laughs> some of y'all are like, get out into the public setting. <laughs> you need to go assemble with the rest of your classmates. <laughs> right? I mean, you were like, please assemble. Amen. Now, homeschool is good for some students, don't get me wrong, but even then, you don't keep them isolated. You get them assembling with a, a, a sports team, or you get assembled with some friends, you get them assembling with some, you make play time, sports time. So there's something about us all coming together for a time. Look what Jesus said concerning visitation. He said this in Luke chapter 19, verse 41 to 44. He said, when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. He cried, saying, if I had known, if you, if, we, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, if you had known, if you had known, well, why didn't they know? He said, but now they have been hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side, and then they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Another translation says it this way. When he was weeping over Israel, he said, I, I, he said, Old Jerusalem, who kills the prophets, who kills my prophets. He kept coming year after year with someone to give the voice of the Lord, someone that they could come together and assemble to hear about God, experience God collectively, but they just wanted to do it on their own. And many get hemmed up and in dire straits in life. Why? 
because they do not recognize the time of visitation. Many of you today are as strong in the Lord as you are is because you do not let anything take away this time. You won't let it take away this time. Some of you, you let it take away this time and you had a bad time. And then you came back and now it's a good time. Now it doesn't mean you don't have hard times, but you overcome those times because you're visiting. I said you're visiting hours. You realize it's visiting hours. Amen. And as you come and have this expectation, is God's going to speak to me today. God's going to talk to me today. God's going to be in the worship. God's going to be in the praise. God's going to be in the preaching. God's going to be with my friends. God's going to be with those that are around me. I want to visit with God. I've come to assemble. It's visiting time. And it's visiting time. It's time to go to the house of the Lord. It's time for me to be with God. And if God Almighty says, I want to meet with you all week long. Can I just tell you, the Lord wants to meet with you all week long. I mean, who would turn that away? If Jesus Christ showed up at your house with holes in his hands and his feet and the, the part in his side knocked on your door and says, can I just hang out with you this week? Pastor, I mean, Jesus, you really came in a bad week. I mean, it's, it's busy. It's busy. I mean, my kids, I got to get them in school, you know, they got practice, you know, and then work, you know, they got me in overtime. I mean, I'm just like, well, can you, I mean, can, let's sit, can we find another time? Jerusalem, who kills my prophets. What's this teach us? When he sent his word, when the actual word showed up, they rejected him. See, if you reject church, then even if Jesus showed up, you're not going to accept him. The king showed up to Jerusalem. We ain't talking about a messenger anymore. We're talking about the one who owns it. We're talking about the son of God. We're talking about the one who has the inheritance. We talk about him, but he went to the vine. Yes. The vineyard workers who leased it from the father, and when they saw Jesus, they said, let's kill him. That's why you got to value these times that we come together. That you recognize, man, this is a time. And if God said, my gosh, man, he wanted to come together and have another time, an extended time, uh, an extra time. Oh, Lord, what would I do to be in your presence? See, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, it says it this way. Then the king of heaven will be compared to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were prudent. Uh, when the uh, foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, uh, but the prudent took oil and flask along with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. At midnight, there was a shout. And behold, the bridegroom, uh, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil and, uh, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no, there will be not enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourself. 
And while they were going away to make pur the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were what? Ready. What were they? Ready. ready. Ready to visit. Ready for the time. Went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was it shut. Later the other virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he said, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. But there is a day and there is an hour that the Father knows. This whole thing is really just about are you preparing yourself for a visitation and always ready to meet visiting hours? You know what I find interesting? Because when you look at this, it's obviously a parable. You think to yourself, fine, I don't need your oil. I'll just follow you. I mean, if five of them had a lamp that they could put more oil in so they could get to the door and see, how come the other five just couldn't follow right in behind? Now, it sounds logical, but it tells me you can't get in on somebody else's preparation. I'm going to preach this soon, maybe in Kingdom Rise Conference. You cannot have relationship without responsibility. It doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. You cannot and you do not have a relationship with Jesus without responsibility. When you sever responsibility, you've severed the relationship. So we close with Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to baptize some people today. I, I, I'm trying to stir you up. <laughs> I'm trying to stir you up because, listen, God appointed a time. He spoke to me and says, I want you to do a Kingdom Rise conference. I want you to separate yourself. I don't want you to speak more clearly on things concerning the kingdom. I want you to bring my people in and I want you to pull some people that I communicate to you. Because here's the thing. I brought some in during our full force kingdom conferences. That's what we used to call them, you remember? And I brought some in that they didn't keep with the lens, the focus. And the Lord said, you can't bring them. Now, apostle scales, I would always bring. He just couldn't come. So let me just say that right now. He's not going to be here this time, but it's because he already had something um, this week and he could not attend. But I have some in the past that although they ministered a truth, it wasn't exactly as what the Lord needed. He said, now, the time I want to meet with them is to make more clear the kingdom, my kingdom and their responsibility to it. And so tomorrow night, we're going to kick it off. Yes. I said tomorrow night, we're going to kick it off. I thank you for this one person's enthusiasm over here. Yeah, we're going to kick it off. And then we're going to hit Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three morning sessions and an evening session. You don't want to miss any of them. Don't want to miss any of them. And you don't want anything to rob you from this visiting hour that we're in. And I'm not putting on condemnation. I'm not trying to put, I'm just trying to put on um, expectation 
and how important it is when you put him first. Because at the end of the day, you can show up with no expectation and get nothing. So what I'm trying to show you is that God does ordain times where he wants to meet the assembly so that he can say something extra. It's not because we're bored and have nothing else to do. No, it's because the Lord has need of speaking some further truths into your life so that you can be more than a conqueror in Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24, the Amplified Classic Version says it this way, and let us consider and give, attent a, give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. I'm not in this just for me. I'm in this to stir you up because I know some of y'all come in and you're in a trial and tribulation. I want to stir you up to let you know you're going to overcome. You're going to win. You're going to be victorious. I know you're feeling down, but that's okay. I'm going to here help hold you up. Right? When I'm, when I'm going through stuff, I thank you that you hold me up. You strengthen me. You encourage me. Speak life to me. Some of y'all don't know that sometimes when you come and say certain things to me, you've just said something opposite of what I heard earlier that week. It happens every time. If someone says something very positive to me, something negative ends up showing up. And if something negative comes towards me, God uses somebody to tell me something positive. What I mean by that is encourage, lift me up to combat those thoughts that are there to kill, steal, and destroy my life. Try to take me away from you. But verse 25 says, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some. This is very important because, you know what? We've kind of lost focus a little bit. The church can win the loss. Those that are not in the kingdom. But that's not my purpose. Believers are to assemble. So the church is for believers. That ultimately we will live a lifestyle and a behavior and have such great times of visitation with God that the world would say, can I come to your visiting hour? I want to come and be with the Lord. You have shown yourself as being with God. Oh my gosh, guys, we are living in a glory that's greater than the glory that Moses had. Moses was in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights and received a word from God and went to bring it down and the glory of God shone on his face and all the nation knew that he had been with God. You ought to leave this visitating, visitation hour and people should say, you were in church today, weren't you? My gosh, there's something different about you. There's something special about you. There's something peculiar about you. There's something a little different about you. There's something about, what is it about you? Well, I was visiting with the Lord this morning. I didn't neglect. I didn't neglect it. But admonishing, warning, urging, encouraging one another, and all the more. Say all the more. Say all the more. All the more faithfully 
as you see the day approaching. I know in times past, you've been a little hit and miss. You've been a little haphazard. You've allowed other excuses to show up when God wanted to meet with us and assemble, and he did, and we met with him, and we spent time with him, but you were stuck at the house. You allowed yourself to go somewhere else. You allowed yourself to be in another position, and you were out, but now, all the more, let's be faithful. As we see the day approaching, what day is approaching the return of the king? I said the king is coming. I said the king's coming. And all the more, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful to show up and be here. Because when you are, let me tell you something. The Bible is very clear and it's up to you. He said, draw near to God and I'll draw near to you. That's what believers can do. We can draw near to God. I understand you have private times with God. No one is not saying that. But there is a corporate visiting hour where that anointing is larger than what you could do by yourself. Because God didn't call you to be by yourself. He called you to be a part of His body. And he loves to get all of his kids together. Come on, I got any parents in here? Don't you love it when your kids are in obedience and you want to get them all together in the room? Because let me tell you, I'm a grand, I'm a, uh, you know, my kids are out and it gets challenging to get all your kids together. So the days of them going home with me and knowing they're always in my house are long gone. Now, I just happen to be one of the fortunate ones that mine still live in the same town I live in. And they actually like to be around me. <laughs> and do vacations with me. And I love to get them together. And I love it when we're all together way more than I love it when we're one-on-one. As a father, I love it more we're all together than just one-on-one. No, Dad loves it more when we come together as one in unity to do His will and be His people. And if Dad says, hey, I want to spend all week with you. You don't want to miss visiting hours. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. Thank you.